Welcome to the Granite Gals podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexander Her. And I am Sage Her. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Hey everyone, so today we're going to do a little bit of a different thing. Um, usually we would be interviewing somebody, but today as um kind of special episode, we're going to be talking with um, Alex, me, Sage, and then our mom, Trish Her, um, about the grid, because we just finished it um, on June 2nd. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations to you guys, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of odd to be done, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so we finished on um, June 2nd on Owl's Head. Um, we had some people with us. Jen Adams, uh, Natalie Stahl, and John Myers. And then Ed Hawkins met us at the trailhead and gave us um, our some patches, and we held up a banner. This was a grid. It was really great. Yeah. He also brought us um, cold drinks, which was really nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. nice of him to meet us there. That was really cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was overall just a really wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Went, went perfectly. <laughs> yeah, great group of people that we've hiked with before, um, but it's been a while. At least with Natalie, we haven't hiked with her for a while. Um and it was just a really nice combination of personalities. And Definitely. there was this uh, group of people with this really cute dog uh, named Coop who we saw <laughs> along the trail. And they were so enthusiastic. And they, and on the summit, they put their poles up and joined the traditional arch finish. <laughs> and they were just, like, super nice and, like, super fun. Yeah. So that was really nice. It was great. Yeah, it was totally unexpected. And it was great to meet them, too. <laughs> yeah. They were very enthusiastic. Yeah. And the dog was so cute. Yeah. He kept running under the arch thinking it was for him. It was like, he was very happy. He thought yeah. we were, he, he thought the whole thing was for him. It was funny. <laughs> and um, we got these little stuffed animals made by Arlette Lan, um, which are these little kind of people looking figures with um, a backpack on them. And she actually made them like especially for us. We had, she had the, the fabric that we wear and things like that. It, they were really great. Yeah, and she she did that months ago and sent it to me because she's been hiking the North Country Trail. Um, well, first she, I forgot whether she sent them before she did the winter southbound AT. I think it was on a, a short break between that and the North Country Trail. Anyway, she sent it way ahead of time because she's been away for a while, being the super hiker that she is. Yeah. So uh, a lot of memories. You know, people, I think the most common question that we get asked now is, how did you have time to hike all that? Because, <laughs> you know, you guys are young, 18 and 16, but you've grown up here and you've been hiking these mountains since you were little. And after we finished the 4Ks, we were looking for other lists. Alex did trail rights and then Sage did 52 with the view. And then Sage finished trail rights. And uh, we were high pointing and doing through hikes in the summer. And then... For New Hampshire, the only thing left to do, well, we could have done like, I don't know, the bushwhack lists, which, but I, I'm not. A I'm fan. not really into that. Yeah, I'm not into that much either. So, so we were getting out every week anyway, and so it just kind of seemed like the natural progression um, would just be to do the grid because if you're hiking four Ks once a week anyway, you had time, ample time at that point to finish before going to college. Yeah, but it got. I mean. It got really difficult in the last couple of years. Yeah, and originally we were going to finish uh, 
in December, um, wait, December 2020? Yeah, you were. You yeah. were. Oh, well, originally, so originally I was going to finish in December 2020. And this is Alex speaking, by the way. Well, originally I was going to finish in December 2020, but then COVID happened, of course, um, and that kind of pushed the grid back for us. But it ended up working out in the end, and um, we finished right on schedule, so. Yeah, it was great. Or in, on time, anyway. Well, Sade was originally going to finish a couple years after Alex. I mean, the goal was to, because there were times in the past few years where she just wouldn't feel like hiking or, and there was two, two winters where you got really sick. You had, you had pneumonia once or, and then got really sick again with near pneumonia. So that took you out of winter hiking for like two years, uh, a couple months there. So I was a bit behind, um, this last year. And then we kind of decided, um, that I wanted to finish with Alex and that we were going to finish together. So then I had to really catch up. So I was, me and mom were doing a lot of hikes, especially this past winter, um, two or three a week all the time. Um, so that was, that was really challenging, but we got through it. Um, yeah. I was really proud of you because you had all the schoolwork and, um, still participating in the karate tournaments, even though they're still virtual right now, but you're still going, you were doing karate outside all winter. Yeah. Um, and you had a lot to catch up and it was, winter's always more difficult because unpredictable weather can throw off the whole week and uh must have been exhausting we we i mean i we all hike solo um in the summer or good weather a lot but never in the winter so i went with you as you know sage um on those winter hikes sometimes i could wait beneath the summit so you could just run up and tag the last half mile or something yeah but um if i already had the peak but I didn't have the pressure of all the schoolwork or karate tournaments hanging over my head um, like you did. You did So you really, you were really impressive this past winter. I mean, it's you were... definitely nice now to not have two full days where I basically can barely do any work because um, it was it was pretty challenging. Anything you think you could take away from that whole experience? It was. It was such a massive part of your childhoods. I would definitely say that for me, the finish is bittersweet because, I mean, I am glad that, I don't know, I feel like I have more freedom now to do other things because it was like a big commitment and there were aspects of it, obviously, that were challenging, but but it's also strange and there were there were a lot of traditions that we had on peaks and just little things that I didn't really think about while we were doing it, but now that it's all over, um, I'm like thinking back on it and like we're never going to do those same things again. So it's kind of um, just interesting thinking about all that. Mm. Like I learned that I could accomplish something even if it took a really long time and it was difficult. Like if you just keep going, you'll eventually make it to the end. And so I want to apply that to other projects that I have. And just remember that if I keep going, I'll get through it and finish it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, perseverance. Like, for so long, there was, you know, like, a year left or six months left. And it just, it's, it's, it's still super surreal to, like, be actually done with it. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that even if it feels like it's going to take forever, that you have years left um, if you just slowly, like, keep doing it. There were several times where each of us wanted to quit, like each one of us, because um, it was, felt overwhelming or we were having mother-daughter fights or 
you know, it was just, it's just such a hard thing to do when you've got a timeline on it. Um, if you don't have a timeline and you live close by and you just figure you'll get it done when you get it done, it's a whole different feel. Definitely. But when you've got to get home, you got to hike a mountain in the snow and get home in time to get to karate or an afternoon class or get your homework done before tomorrow or, you know, you're trying to figure out hiking around the weather and there's a whole pressure on you, it can start to feel like work, which, which is not, in my opinion, a good thing. But sometimes if you're trying to get a goal done, it happens. So we didn't quit. Yeah. I'm very proud of each one of us because. Yeah, me too. I know that we definitely like, you know, felt like we wanted to quit sometimes, but then, you know, we got over it and we were like, no, I want to keep going. I don't want to finish it because, you know, we've spent all this time on it together. So we should see it through. Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially once we reached, like, the last quarter, it just wouldn't have been made sense to quit, really, because we had done so much of it. So, yeah, it's definitely great that we persevered, because now Alex has the grid, and she's going to college, and she doesn't have to, like, come back a million times to get different mountains. Um, that would be horrible. <clears throat> she- yeah. And I have two years without Stella home to focus more on other things that I like. Um, and want to do so yeah so I think how we finished was is was good yeah for you 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 did have more options because you could have taken these next couple years and you know finished it more slowly so but you know now you have more time to do other things so I guess Mm. it worked out yeah except for when you were like three three and four years old Sage when I was taking you to little waterfall hikes before you started hiking the 4ks Except for that, and except for the last year when Alex didn't need some of the hikes that you still needed, your hiking has always been with Alex. And, well, you've done some solo hikes too, of course, but the vast majority of the years of your childhood when you've hiked, whether it's a through hike in another country or high pointing, which we've done quite a lot of, it's always been the three of us. Yeah. And so if Alex had gone off to college and you still had two years, in a way that would might have been a a different and kind of interesting experience, but also it might have been a little painful having Alex go off and then you're hiking and she's not there anymore. And this way you you that chapter of constant four K hiking is behind you. And you can always four K hike whenever you want, but now there are, like you said, and like Alex said, ways for you to explore other things that you like to do without thinking, oh, I remember when Alex and I were here. You know, you have you have some freedom to forge your own path. And what you do without Alex will not bring back memories of Alex having been there. So it's it's a it's a growth opportunity for you without your sister, which you've never been. Yeah. I mean It'd be cool also, like, if you got some peaks sometimes and, you know, you can remember what it feels like again to just pick whatever you want to do and oh, do God. it whenever you want to do it. Like, yeah. yeah that, it's amazing. It's funny. That concept is, like, foreign to me. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, that's sad. Like, literally. It's, it's, it's crazy thinking about that. Yeah. Like, like, I don't, it's hard to explain, but yeah, like, it's insane thinking about, like, oh, I want to hike today. I can do anything. Anything. Like, when you, so when you don't do the grid in, like, one year and you spread it out, um, eventually, like, at the end, you are only going to have so many hikes that you can do in each month you know so naturally it's going to be like more and more restrictive yeah so that's you know what happened with us too 
Yeah. I mean, I don't, I have a different take because I've been redlining or tracing or whatever the new term is now for doing all the White Mountain trails. And I'm 93% done. And I'll hopefully, mm. hopefully be able to finish next year. I've got 17 hikes left. And that includes four of them that hopefully, Alex, you will come back next summer and we'll do together because they're terrifying 25 hikes. Yeah. And that really shouldn't be the last hike I ever do in the White Mountains is a trail that's on our own list that we never did yet. That's just hysterical. People are always surprised when I'm like, you know, we haven't finished our own list. Like, what? Like, and I explain, well, you guys were too short when we made it because you were really little to reach the handhold. So we put it off, we put it off, and then we got into the grid and there was no time for anything else. And so now we're left with, with three or four T25 hikes that we still need to do. So I'm hoping, Alex, that next summer you will have, I don't know if you're going to be doing an internship or what, you know, you should have that freedom to grow and live your life. But sometimes or, you know, often uh, college students after their first year do come home for a little while. So I'm hoping we can get those four hikes, the T25 hikes done. And that'll be nice. Like, yeah, that'll be fun. Like yeah. a reunion of sorts. Yeah. You can bring your college friends. They can help push me up the ladders on the <laughs> six husbands. Or... We've had a, real, a lot of really good memories yeah, over the years, we do, too. We do. So um, I look back on some of the pictures and videos on, on the blogs from when you were little, and the stuff is just... Like you guys used to sing spontaneously when you're hiking together, make yeah. up songs, um, make up games. Yeah, and God. and all the all the little things, you know, bringing cards with us on backpacking trips, and it's not just this. It's like all of our through hikes as a three person team are going to be over. I know. And we've we've done so much. You know, I've been very lucky to be able to bring you guys and experience all these things with you noticing all the animal tracks in the winter with you guys and us making comments on the, you know, the snowshoe hair parties that must be going on up there with all the tracks going every which way and then seeing the animals and Alex's ability to not have uh, grouse attack us to, like, calm them down <laughs> and Sage's a vole magnet and a pine martin charmer. <laughs> um, just all the stuff that, that we've been able to share together. Yeah, I, it still hasn't, like, fully dawned on me. I, I still, I'm trying to think through it and, like, understand yeah. it, but it hasn't, but, yeah. And we can choose if we ever want to go up Pierce on a winter day and it's all packed out, and we can always do that when you're visiting, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Remember, you and me, Alex, used to, like, make up all these, like, games and stories. I remember you told me, like, a whole, like, book plot oh, yeah. like on the trail <laughs> and we used to like make up all these games and and we we did that less as years go on but we still do it sometimes yeah um yeah i remember i made up a whole like universe and then you made a character and you played it like a video game yeah and then i tried to have like random things happen it's very interesting yeah <laughs> we did what we could it's quite elaborate <laughs> yeah you used to have philosophical questions back in the beginning. Yeah, I remember the first time going from Pierce, from Eisenhower to Pierce, like your first round, when you were really, really little. You were asking me if it would be better to be a rock because 
rocks don't experience something like sadness or something like that. I'm like, well, yeah, but oh. then, then, you, <laughs> then you can't, okay. someone can just pick up the rock and move it around and you don't have any control. They're like asking all these questions. Oh, there's something wow. else that you kept asking. I forgot what it was. But we had a lot of like deep yeah. five-year-old question talks back then. It's kind of funny how we, we moved from like that to having talks about like socialism like removing student debt and like all this like more adult stuff well you grew up you grew up and then because you spend so much time out there on the trail that the mind starts to wonder sometimes and you start making conversation about what's on your mind and you're out there for so long that it's stuff comes up that wouldn't come up at home i don't think yeah yeah Yeah, we've had a lot of discussions on the trail some political heated arguments (laughs) and uh i remember me vehemently like um disrespecting some political person that i don't like that that you guys like or something and this guy just like we were on some ridge up there somewhere and we turned a corner and this guy was coming toward us and we had probably heard quite a bit of it and he he didn't know how to react i'm like hi we're just having a discussion like i heard i think he thought we were like fighting fighting but we weren't we were just in a heated disc it was kind of funny Like, yeah. I'm sorry, dude, ruin your... <laughs> We've talked about pretty much every topic I can possibly think anyone could talk about out there. Mm. I've really enjoyed the the differences in the two of you out there noticing things. Like, over the years, um, Sage has always found blueberries or raspberries. Anything else? Blackberries? Not blackberries? I don't know. Raspberries, yeah. uh, definitely raspberries and blueberries. Like, in... She always notices them, um, which is always nice. Uh, even on the Coas Trail, which goes over a couple four Ks and you know, then heads north, there would be this really overgrown or many overgrown sections of trail, and Alex and I would be wading through, need a waist deep and complaining, and there were thorns, and I'd hear Sage go, "Oh look, raspberries!" And she'd always find like these raspberries stuck in there. And well, those were the easiest to find because it was like this huge overgrown section with all these different types of plants, so that was the easiest. There were also some on blueberries on Boncliff, like right before you get to the summit. There's a ton of them out there. Yeah, um, they're rarely in bloom, but one year they were in bloom. Remember, it was almost. It was either late October or November, and they were still there. Remember that? Or they're like marveling over the fact that there were still blueberries that we could still pick and eat that yeah. late. Yeah. That was pretty wild. And Alex, you always, the toads and the <laughs> birds. You, you like yeah. the, the toads. I always, I always point them out and stuff. <laughs> you know, I didn't see very many slugs in May or June of this year. I, True. I, yeah, saw, I saw one. None. Maybe they'll come out more in July and August. I saw one on my solo hike. I have no idea where they are. Huh. We saw a lot of um, toads, though. Yeah. A lot. Toads everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I like seeing toads. And we were hiking um, Zealand and the Bonds, and I heard a flutter behind me, and I looked behind me, and a grouse was just oh, yeah. sitting on the trail. Um, but it was a very small flutter. Like, usually when... You know, you walk past a grouse, it flies away very, very loudly and, like, scares you to death. Um, but this one was really subtle, and we just kind of, like, took videos of it, and it just kind of popped on a branch and was chill, so that's pretty cute. <laughs> that's you, kind of rare for the, for a grouse, if you're like... <laughs> do you remember years ago, I don't know, five, six years ago, we were doing the Wildcats and going over, I think we were doing a hut stay at Carter Notch that night, just for fun, and 
walking along the wildcats and that grouse came out and stood in front of us on the trail and I freaked out and I like I, I literally pushed you ahead of us Alex and like you deal with it because you weren't afraid of it I was worried it was gonna fly at us I was like I'll protect Sage but you were gonna get pushed ahead so you could deal with the crowds you were yeah. like you're probably like I don't know 12 I don't know how old you were and you did you dealt with it and it, it walked in front of us for yeah. the longest time very long time it would kept stopping and looking like it was trying to obviously lead us away <laughs> from wherever it didn't want us to be and we had to go at you know point zero 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 one mile an hour because we had to walk behind it and then it like finally got off the trail yeah do you remember that like power move <laughs> yeah but at least it didn't fly at us you you see yeah. you talk to it it seemed to not mind you so much yeah i've never had a grouse actually fly at me but him either. so i'm glad about that and we did on isolation way way back i don't when. think it flew at me though i think it flew at yeah, one of the people we were hiking yeah, with. yeah yeah <laughs> i think so too yeah um, kind of chased her down the trail a little bit <laughs> i'm kind of disappointed though because i've never seen a bear on a trail when i really wanted to i have well i've seen a bear cub like run off a tree and like run away or jump off a tree and run away um like <laughs> to the side while i was hiking and then um a long time ago i was hiking up with mom and something, I think a, probably a bear, like ran across the trail so fast that I didn't see what it was. So that was pretty crazy. The sage and I had an unidentified mammal run across us right at Z Cliff. We were sitting on the rocks where you oh. can still look out. And there's that little was... patch of trees to the right when you're facing the view. And then that... be a fox though. Yeah, it was sizable. It was sizable and fast. It was like, what the hell was yeah. that? I don't know. It wasn't as big as a bear. Bobcat. It Holy was. Nice. It was sizable. Yeah. Um, not bear size, but not, and it was, I, I saw just enough to think, oh, well, that was not very small at all. <laughs> and it was like a blur. Yeah. Probably, you know, about yay high. Like it was, it was like knee high. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I don't know slightly what that was. Small. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> well, wow. it didn't want to be around us anyway. It flew, flew off. That's cool. Yeah. I've seen a good amount of moose though. So that's yeah. been nice. Yeah. We've, we've had our moose, moose fill. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm sure a bear have seen us. Definitely. We may not. Oh, it was probably when a bear up on isolation a few months back when we were, or not, uh, Al's head uh, last year, not a few months back. Last fall or something when we hiked it. Mm-hmm. And there was a big thing up in the tree throwing stuff down, like yeah. making a giant nest up there, like hurtling stuff in every direction. <laughs> and we couldn't see it. We could just see the tree and everything it was hurtling off. But we that forgot, was... We forgot to look for it on the way back, but <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I'm very grateful that we had safe passage because there were a lot of times where things could have gone a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a few close calls. And I, I don't think, well, me and Alex had never gotten like an injury. Mom sprained? Yeah. Fractured. Had Fractured. A, uh, it's a specific kind of fracture where the tendon pulls a little bit of bone off of your ankle kind of thing. Wow, yeah. It yeah. Didn't, didn't take that long to recover, thank goodness. But Yeah, but that... That was the only major injury we had. Um, That's pretty cool. I mean, I know of hiking we did. <laughs> yeah, I know. Over a decade of hiking, we've only had one minor fracture. Yeah. So. so there you go. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, East Osceola tried to kill you, Sage, with their wrist, your scar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Then she got a pretty nasty scratch going. Oh, it's really fading. Oh, wow, there's still see there's it. still a scar, but it's a lot. It's definitely fading. Oh, it's been that. It's been that exact way for like four years it's never gonna go away yeah, it happened a long time i ago. have a very long scar just directly on my wrist from it 
Like um, going going down the length of her arm, like yeah, from her elbow, not all the way up there, but from the bend of the elbow to the wrist, like in that direction, not across the wrist, but it's very long. Yeah, I remember I was it was winter and I was going down and it was slippery, and there was like this tree and I was holding on to it and I was going down. There was like this little little branch thing and it was my arm was kind of touching it and then my feet gave way so I just was like grabbing the tree. And then I slowly slid down the tree, and the little thing was pressing, the little branch was pressing into my arm. Yeah. And it was like, wow. <laughs> I still, I have photos right after it happened. Well, yeah, we all took photos, remember? It wasn't that deep. It was, was it bloody? It, yeah, yeah, remember? You, we all took photos. It was, it was impressive. It wasn't, it wasn't that deep, though, so I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. But I've had this scar for, what, like, years, how many years? Years, and it looks, it, it looks, actually looks like she tried like badly to commit suicide like because it's right on her wrist and it's long yeah. and so for a while it's like you know people are going to think that she did a well, you know it's more on her arm though not really her wrist sorry the tan difference I yeah <laughs> I, did. I don't know but it's definitely faded definitely not as bad as it used to be which is good yeah yeah but i think it's always going to be there i have a scar there that's always going to be there what's that from um i think i i broke I think I was, I broke glass or something and it cut there. It wasn't that deep though. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, and then I have that from Papa and that. <laughs> and some scars on my, um, and that was from, I think, bushwhacking, like owls. Owls that. Yeah, we've all gotten scratched up pushing, you know, or. No, isolation, sorry. Engine hell bushwhack. Yeah, isolation. Yeah. There's that. And then I also have some on my feet. And yeah. And Alex has ingrown toenails now she has to deal with. It's probably definitely yeah. from hiking. Yeah. Um. Yo, my, um, my toenails were, like, really badly bruised for a long time. And then they finally fell off. So, probably too much information. Yeah. But I've heard this happen to a lot of hikers. It's weird, because I've never had that, ever. And you had it. Like, I think it's... I mean, I think it's how my shoes were shaped or something, but I don't know. Like yeah, my, maybe. My toes were just smashed against my shoe whenever I went down. So and also you had a sense. you had a job skiing, so that was probably yeah, um, yeah. The wearing ski boots and stuff definitely didn't help. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I would have missed seeing the other hikers because we keep running, kept running in to familiar faces, yeah, especially it was really neat. especially in the winter when that's when all the same hardcore people get out there and you don't have as many people just trying it out or people are getting into it, but they all intend, you know, they're like real hikers, hiker hikers, I call them. And we keep seeing the same people over and over again. I mean, we'd see someone and then we'd see them the next month and then we'd see them like three weeks later and then we wouldn't see them for like two years and then we'd see them again. And then in the meantime, on the other days, we'd see someone we hadn't seen in two years and we'd keep seeing them. It kind of went in cycles, yeah. but it it is nice seeing familiar faces out there and just yeah. chatting. It's, it's like a, it's it's a community. It's it's a it's like you're sharing a secret with someone, a total stranger. And you're out there and they're out there and they're way up there and like they're all covered in sweat and they're all gross and so are you. And you're like, Isn't this great? And I'm like, Yeah <laughs> and I was like you know, or, or you talk you joke about running into spider webs with your face and, and uh Back, yeah. the lack of views or the wind or whatever and, and there's a it's a tribe, you know, it's a special tribe of people. Even even though if you met the same person, a complete stranger, like at the post office or walking down the street, 
you wouldn't feel the same connection. It's, it's like when you know they're a hiker, and especially when you just happen to meet up there. Yeah, it's like it's you like, have this mutual understanding with other hikers. Yeah. We just we were at some gas station today, and this just random person, I don't even know who he was, I don't just either. came up to us and was like, congrats on finishing the grid. We're like, thanks. We have no idea who they yeah, are. Yeah, and he like ran yeah, off. They I mean, ran off. I was like, okay. we don't know who that it's, is. It's really great. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're, yeah, it was really sweet and really nice. And we, we were at the moment kind of involved in something else w- w- with helping out somebody else. And um, I didn't, normally I would have gone, oh, hey, thanks. What's your name? And all that. But we were really preoccupied with something else yeah, at the he, moment. He so. just like bopped in. I just saw his head appear above the roof of my car as I was standing there. And he was really sweet. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's just that. And when you, when you know there's another hiker, you know, there's a bond. And, and there's so many different types of people out there doing it. And it's nice that it can bring so many people together with a common, a common theme. And I'll miss that. I mean, I do sometimes see people when I'm out there tracing, but it's rare because, you know, it's not the popular 48 and yeah. a lot of the trails are in the middle of nowhere and every blue moon I'll run into somebody else who's also tracing, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Often there's no one but me, unless it's a presidential trail or something like that. And so I will miss that. I think it's difficult for people who don't hike the 4Ks to to understand what the grid is. It's hard. We We have done things that so many people would have turned back on or couldn't handle because of experience. We've done some really hardcore stuff where I'm pretty sure other people would have had a negative outcome. And just stuff that was just annoyingly difficult, like breaking trail up the Twin Way to South Twin from Galehead in, you know, six to eight inches of heavy snow and drifts. Oh, my gosh. Sage was with me on that one. Mm-hmm. I cursed so much. That was painful. Then I remember on a Z-Bonds Traverse with you, Sage, you seemed to hit every single spruce trap along the, like, on the edge of the packed-out trail. You, you, you seemed to find every spruce trap there was. I'd look back, and you'd be thigh-deep with one leg and one snow, and you handled it much better than I handled breaking trail up South Twin. I was so mad at the snow. I was cursing so much. We got lucky a few times, especially with Alex when you were little. A couple times when you would have flown off the side of Mount Washington if I hadn't grabbed you because you were so little and so light for your crampons, they weren't eating into the ice. And we were crossing that snowfield by Lakes of the Clouds. I remember. Yeah, and I, I had you walk upslope of me so that if you started to fall you would run into me and oh I'm glad I did that yeah (laughs) because you did I would have just kept sliding (laughs) you would have slid off into the Amanusic ravine that would at at the age of six that would not have been good or seven I forgot when it was that you did the winter I know you were older than that yeah people take your kids um to Mount Washington in the winter um, like from Lake of the Clouds, be careful of that section. <laughs> let, let let other people go before you and smush out a little trough, so you're not hand, you're not getting that side slope first with without anybody having gone before you and created a little more grippier path. I mean, yeah. let the adults just take the risk, and you and your kid go after. We were first on that section that morning, mm. and on the way back. So many people had come up behind us that it was like a little dented out sidewalk. There was like no big deal. Because I remember being really worried about that while on the summit of trying to get back and trying to figure out what else we could do. And then by the time we got back down there, it was a little 
dented sidewalk and the slipping factor was minimized. So, and Alex got all the mistakes I made as a parent. So Sage, I didn't have to, Sage got the benefit of that. Kind of learned what not to do by the time Sage came around. And I, I say this, and you guys don't need to feel guilty, but it's just like a fact as a parent. The, the amount of, of worry and stress I would have before certain winter hikes, even this past year, even as experienced as you two are, I'm still, you know, the mother still worries about stuff. And winter hikes, any winter hike that was above treeline, any presidential hike, Zealand and the Bonds, um, I think that was basically, oh, Lincoln Lafayette, though not so much. I mean, we, we were able to, I don't know, we, we got good weather days for that, but I would worry about it a little bit. Um, those are really dangerous in the winter when, yeah. when it's not good weather. And as you guys already know, and as we've experienced multiple times, the weather can change on a dime and be not, be not what the forecast, even the point forecast said, as accurate as that usually is. And a mistake in winter or a problem in winter can easily mean death, whereas in summer it would, you know, it might mean just a very uncomfortable night out as long as you have some warm weather gear. I mean, some warm gear with you. But in the winter, it could just too easily mean death. And the stress, the the constant looking at the weather, the constant, like, there was a pressure to it because there was also, you know, the, the short days. We always have headlamps, but still, it gets a lot colder when there's no more sun. And also the the vibe of the hike when you're coming out and it, it the sun goes down on you while you're still hiking. There's yeah. like a, a feeling to that that's a little bit ominous, you know, yeah. even if you have what you need, at least for me. So it's always nice to get back before it gets too dark. Um, and remember the Zealand, and the, I'm going to interrupt myself for a second, the Zealand and the Bonds Traverse last December where we started at Lincoln Woods and went up and over. You know, we even... We had to go in that direction because we had to take into account the wind chill, which was the wind speed was higher in the morning than the afternoon. So we had to time that whole thing to get over into the trees over by Zealand. But once we were in that in the Zealand area, do you remember the unexpected inches of snow that we had to break through the entire way down and then down at past the hut or even before the hut? Down there, the snow hadn't fallen enough. So the, all the rocks were sticking out. And by that time, it was dark. Yeah. Right after we got to Z Cliff and we still had to hike out and hike out the road. And that's a long way to go. One of our headlamps, the one I was wearing, kept being obnoxiously dim for no apparent reason. And I had extra batteries and the girls' headlamps were fine, but that was just annoying. And no one, we saw no one all day. Yeah, it was really, it was actually really rare. I don't see anyone. I mean, well, yeah. And, and, and trying to come out, all the shapes that kept leaping out <laughs> of us, you know, oh, with, yeah. with the half-covered-in-snow boulders and all these weird shapes that came out. And yeah, in the was... dark, I always hallucinate. Like, <laughs> yeah. People. And we were tired, really tired, because yeah. because breaking all that unexpected trail was exhausting. And um, when we got to the road to walk out, it still felt like we had a million miles to go. And then it was, like, snowing hard on us. Yeah. Um, it, was black. it was just really, really physically difficult. And we've done Zealand and the Bonds in the winter yeah, other times. The, that was one of the tiredest I've ever been. Yeah. That road walk was yeah, so hard. Was wild. And it, <laughs> we got uh, to like the, um, the campsite area 
And I was like, she we still have a mile left. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. I'm so tired. And then, um, I mean, we've done that traverse in the winter before. And we've also, we've, we've done it when, when it's been, uh, I mean, Sage and I, what, did it in February and it was easy because yeah. it was a packed yeah. sidewalk and the weather was decent and we made super fast time. So it all depends on trail conditions. And some of that, you just don't even know till you're there. Even when you look at other people's reports, they can change overnight, wind, unexpected snowfall. And it's just, winter is always, always unpredictable at some level. Yeah. And it's worrying about all that and trying to make sure that everyone's safe and that, um, you know, there's time for schoolwork and that people are getting enough sleep because they've got schoolwork to do and they've, you know, uh, you're not physically exhausted um, and making sure that there's enough food and that, you know, driving to the winter trailheads in snow in the dark or worrying that the plow is going to like get too close behind you because you're not going fast enough or, you know, all this winter stuff to worry about and worry about and worry about and worry about. And the stakes are so high in the winter that I remember thinking a couple winters ago, I mean, I do like winter hiking to a point. I like it when I don't feel like I have to go out so much, you know, or yeah. that if there's a winter storm, it's absolutely no big deal to just wait till next week instead of, oh my gosh, how are we going to fit this in? How is this going to fit in? Because there's a storm, right? But you have all these other things going on this week that are also really important. The girls are not just hikers, right? Yeah. Um, even though that's what you share with and the hiking community is your hiking aspect, but there's a lot more to both of you. You have a lot of other interests and you pursue them and, and that's important. But, you know, one thing throws off a hiking day in winter, the whole rest of the schedule, if there's a time push for the grid, has to be juggled, which is sometimes not very possible. And it, it it's, you know, that stress and that worry with those conditions. I, I have to say I, I'm happy to hike casually in winter again. Like over Christmas vacation, you want to do Musilock or Pierce on a nice day and we feel like going, I'd, I'd be all for it. Yeah. But I will not ever miss the feeling of stress and worry that comes to making sure that all three of us stay safe. Winter is is a, a whole different animal and I, um, I'm glad that we made it through all of it. And, and we did well. I'm still proud of that other Zealand Bonds hike that we, oh. that we made across. I, I'm so proud of us. We high, high snow year and we're going from Gio over to trying to get to West Bond. There's so much snow that all the tops of the trees, I think mean, it's obliterated the trail and it looks just looks different. The snow is so high and no one could figure out the way to go and people were getting lost, not, you know, other people and well, not totally lost. They'd turn around and be fine, but we took forever trying to figure out the right way. Wandered all over the place up there forever and then just didn't give up because we had the gear. We were competent. We were warm. And we made it across and everybody else that day coming from that direction had turned around. And it felt good knowing that we could continue to wander around out there and we wouldn't get lost lost. And we kind of knew the vicinity and we had enough stuff to stay out overnight and be safe and warm. There was a real yeah. confidence and power in that. Anyway, we did make it across. So I was, I was proud of our ability to handle it. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, overall, despite the challenges, I'm really glad that we did the grid. And I'm like, besides just committing to finishing something that you start, which I 
really think is important in general. Um, it's also, it was also a really good aspect of our lives or of my life because I feel like it really made me appreciate nature way more than if I hadn't been doing it. And I felt very connected to nature. And I think throughout my life, I'll remember hiking here and like the great moments that I had. And I want to escape back to it, you know, after being away from it for a long time. Um, because I, you know, I do feel the connection and it's really peaceful. So I really love that aspect of hiking. And I love looking at views and, you know, saying hi to people as you hike by them, all that. And I love the wildlife too. So it's all really great. And I, yeah, I think also how it possibly affected me was um, I developed more patience and like perseverance because there were times, there are always times in hiking where something feels like it's um, taking a long time to finish and um, or you're just tired at the end of a hike and you still have a couple miles to go and you really learn just how to occupy your mind or, you know, um, just appreciate the time. Especially when you're doing these kinds of hikes because they're way longer than if you're just doing like a 52 with the view mountain or some other mountain that's just, you know, a few miles up. So with these long traverses, you really need more patience and um, and more of an ability to go a longer distance and not get tired e easily. I, I've really enjoyed watching you guys appreciate nature, like sharing these experiences with the two of you. I, I don't yeah. think, I don't think a mother could want anything more than to be able to do that with her kids. And so I, I'm really lucky that I've been able to do that all these years. And I really love all the moments with the gray jays too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are great. Yeah. I mean, it's one cool thing about hiking for me is you never know what you're going to get when you start a hike because you know, anything could happen. You might see like a different creature one day or something fun will happen or, you know, it's, and even if you're like, even though we hiked the same peaks a lot, because you know, it's the grid and we hike all of them 12 times, like each time is unique. And you know, even if it's the same trail, you're experiencing it in a different context or in a different way, or maybe the weather's different or it's a different season. So um, that's, that's pretty cool. So basically, Every time you hike, you get a new experience, even if you're doing the same peak, which yeah. I always found uh, really nice. Yeah, I agree with that. There were good hikes. I also found that the more that we hiked a certain mountain, the more I liked it. Like, I became <laughs> more and more familiar with it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, like, feeling yourself being more used to a certain trail and remembering more and more about it every time you go there. Yeah. I feel like I know the trail so well now. And some some hikes that I started out not really liking that much, I by the time I finished the grid, I actually came to really enjoy them, which is kind of yeah. strange. But yeah, like Owl said, for example, I didn't really appreciate it at first. And I thought, you know, it's kind yeah. of remote and yeah, it takes a while to get to the part where you go up to the summit. So it's kind of, and it's also kind of boring to some people, I think, just because of how many miles you're walking flat. But then once you do it more and more, you notice all the differences in the landscape and you start getting like really accustomed to the different sections and now like I see it as um like having very different parts and it's not it's not boring and it's actually kind of nice because 
you can walk flat for a while before going up and so it's a really nice warm-up before the final push i'm actually kind of glad we finished on that one at first i was like oh it'd be nice to have like a presidential one but lincoln woods ending in lincoln woods is kind of fitting because it's been such like a big part of every you know hike so many hikes finish there or start there yeah so it's kind of nice, like, the death march was, like, our last thing. <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I never really minded it. I mean, it's I always kind of hard um, after Zealand Bonds because it's so long. But um, besides besides that hike, I kind of like ending and going out on Lincoln Woods. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, and it's funny. I, I noticed the the shift in feelings I had towards seeing people, like, on a Bonds Traverse. Uh, you, the people you see once you get past the hut or even at the hut, and from that point on, and all the way until you cross that bridge down by Lincoln Woods, the, the one by the Boncliff Trail, by the Franconia Falls, that one. They're all like hikers that are out there and you, you feel that communal spirit. And then you get you get to that bridge and then, you know, I arrogantly started calling them muggles, like the people who are just out for a nice walk along the river. Good for them, right? Getting some fresh air, but they're like in jeans and... It's such a it's such a weird like it's such a sudden difference especially when you've gone all day like in your backpack and you're like sweating all I know. day and then some random like family is like out like, <laughs> with no pack yeah. and yeah yeah like, it's very strange flip flops and you you, you want to go you're gonna die but like no they're just going like this flat mile they'll <laughs> like, be fine, fine yeah. yeah they'll be fine but like and then you smell you can smell their soap on yeah. them and I'm sure yeah. and then you feel like the freak because you look like dirty and you have like a huge pack on and everyone's just in their like cotton sweatshirts hanging out (laughs) yeah and often we would fly by because we were pushing to the end so we'd we'd start hiking (laughs) super fast which we're capable even me sometimes of, of, of doing and then like the family would like stare like be amazed that we were walking so quickly you know I could get that sense sometimes if I ever walk like in woods like just as in the random day, it's going to be weird. You're going to be like, now I am the person. Yeah, you're yeah. a muggle now. <laughs> you, you have to put on sneakers and jeans and cotton and shirt. Now I'm going to wear like a full prom dress and walk. <laughs> and walk like in a zigzag, take up as much of the space as you can. <laughs> no, no, go to the exact middle and do like a runway walk. <laughs> you get some very weird Just like, <clears throat> to the hikers. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of your favorite peaks? I like Moose Lock and I guess Madison and Adams actually. Um, I think it's I think it's cool and it, it never actually feels too bad from the hut. So for me, probably like the biggest um, impact mountain of all of them was Tecumseh because I started with that one and um, that was the first mountain I did back after we stopped hiking because of um, the whole quarantine COVID. So I, we just, it feels like we've done that mountain more than any of the other ones. <laughs> that one means a lot to me. I like the combination of Madison and Adams. That's probably my favorite. It's remote and it's beautiful because it's the Prezies and it doesn't have all the tourists that Washington gets. It just has more of a wild feel. And then right when you're down off of the summit cone on golf side on Adams, it's just so beautiful and so many possibilities. If you don't want to go over to Madison, you can go over to the other Adams peaks and it's just, and the hut's right there in the summer, in the summer. Yeah. I think those two together, if I had to pick one of them, I would say Adams, it commands respect and the view is gorgeous. And from golf side, getting up to the summit cone really isn't like you said, it's not that bad. Yeah. 
What about you? Um, I like I like uh, Liberty and hmm. also Musilla. Yeah, I've heard of those. Um, I like Madison more than Adams, definitely. Um, it's just perfect to me, and then the summit is like beautiful. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, and I like Pierce and Eisenhower. It's just oh. a perfect hike. Yeah, I have to say, um, I think Eisenhower too. It's, yeah, I love, you know, like the dome feel of the summit and and uh it's nice that it doesn't take too long to get up to Pierce and then you just go over to Eisenhower. Yeah. But you can still get like great views. And then if you want you can just keep going to Lakes of the Clouds. <laughs> What's your least favorite? I'm not the biggest fan of Isolation, Alicehead, or Cabot. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've all kind of grown on me because I've had good experiences with all of them, but they're not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to agree. Yeah, I guess Alicehead, Isolation, Cabot. I like Cabot, especially in the fall. Cabot during the fall is just gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it's kind of pretty, but it's just it takes so long. And then you mean to get there? I just mean the mountain. Um, and then once you're like at the cabin. You have to go even further. <laughs> well, it like just it. feels kind of remote to me. It, it is. It is remote. Yeah. So I'm not sure I like that factor very much. Alice had grew on me because we had to do it so often. Um, yeah, it, Alice had definitely grew on me. I used to like it less. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not bad. I like the fact that you have to have be careful with the water crossings and have to have some skill to navigate them if they get too high or have the know-how to know if it's too high before you even go and all that isolation i got it grew on me much better a mountain than the winter yeah than the summer i really don't like it in the summer via rocky branch trail cannot stand it yeah the only thing i really like about isolation is the summit <laughs> which i don't think is enough when you're hiking around yeah the summit <laughs> is cool um oh, and, yeah. well and like the like when you get up um and you're kind of like ridge walking around toward the summit and you can like see everything more clearly. I like that section. But everything up to that point, um, I don't know. It just feels like it takes a long time and there's the bushwhack, which is okay. But <laughs> Oh, and also I think um, Gale had, I don't know, I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah, I don't I like love it, it either. Oh. If there was no hut there, well, in the winter, there you can't use the hut. It's yeah. like if, if you had to get that all by itself without the bonus of being able to also get the twins on the same hike, mm. I would probably rate that as one of my least favorite because it's a long way to go for a viewless peak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think of, yeah, I just think of getting up there like for um, all of the peaks, not just Galehead. Yeah. But even that traverse is really hard for me. So yeah, it's, it's a hard traverse, but I like the, um, the twins. I like Southwind. I was never much a fan of Northwind. I kind of like Northwind. Yeah, I think it's cute. <laughs> it's cute of course, Zealand and the Bonds is always long, but it's worth it. I yeah. mean, that's such a long hike, especially in winter with all the roadwalks. But still, you always, always come off of that traverse, no matter what. Even if the weather is perfect, the, the bonus of doing that is when you're finished, you feel like a total badass. Yeah. Even if it was perfect weather totally. with perfect conditions, just because it's long. And it's beautiful. And when it's not perfect weather and perfect conditions and you fight your way across and make it safely and get to your car, then you're like a double badass. It's yeah. like Also, the more times you traverse, the easier it feels. Definitely. Definitely. And I like the section of trail between Z Cliff and Zealand. Um, the little 
Mm -hmm. Little sections of tray. I like it up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's really it looks cool. Pretty. And I really like the Zealand Trail. The the walk to Zealand Hut with all the oh yeah brid bog bridges and the ponds and it's so pretty. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's so cute too. Yeah, and a lot of moose like to go through there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though we've never seen one there. Though one time we saw a snake devouring a frog. Was it or a toad? A toad. Yeah, a snake like had a toad in its mouth and it was like gulping it down. <laughs> that was interesting. Like, right next to the trail. <laughs> so yeah, that was very interesting. Remember... Oh my god, yeah, the the legs were sticking out of its mouth. Oh, oh my gosh, that was. And I remember <laughs> the snake was worried because people were coming, so it slithered off a little bit, but it couldn't slither off that much because it was also busy trying to devour a toad. So it slid uh, off a bit, and then it, it seemed to be like, do I use my energy to stop and devour this toad, or do I keep slithering? We kind of stopped and kept devouring the toad. Uh, poor toad. Yeah. Snakes got to eat. Yeah, I know I know what you mean, though. It's too bad a snakes can't be vegetarian. <laughs> See a snake devouring a carrot or something. <laughs> It's not a fun way to go, being eaten by a snake. Um, it's crazy, like, the giant things that they can swallow, like, and they look so small normally. I know. Well, I'm glad that you've had a childhood where you've been out in the wilderness. Some of the most beautiful hiking in the country is here. And you grew up on some of the hardest trails in America. I remember when we would travel elsewhere to hike, across the country, overseas the trails feel like so easy yeah. oh my gosh yeah. it's just dirt where are all the rocks and roots lots and boulders of, lots of switchbacks just dirt it's like this is hiking this is walking <laughs> though i do hear alex the adks are similar too yeah or if not even a little more difficult than the white so if you hike with the outing club hike the adks you'll be well prepared for it because you've been here this whole yeah. time i'm pretty excited to like check out the mountains and see what i like yeah yeah we never like really hiked another mountain range well, we did hike, we high pointed, so we did like a hike here and there for mountain ranges, but... Well, she means like hike a lot in another place. You guys have been doing Granite Gals for four years together. You've had a lot of really great people um, talk about their hiking, a lot of great women, girls, mm -hmm. and it's been something you two did, did together. So now that Alex is leaving, Sage, what are your plans for this podcast? Well, yeah, I've thought about this. Um, I was, I was first just assuming I was going to continue, but um, when I really, <clears throat> when I really thought about it, it has been something that I've been doing with my sister all this time, and we've been splitting the work and things. So it would be a little weird. Um, it wouldn't really feel right to do it without her. So I think we might make this the final episode i mean it's been great while it's happened um yeah we've had a lot of great people but i think this would be a good natural end to it yeah i feel really grateful that i've been able to talk to so many people and learn about their experiences and even though we ask a lot of similar questions like every person we interview is um like has something different to share mm -hmm. and it's like getting so many different varied opinions and um perspectives yeah i think that's that sounds good and say do you need a chance to explore things on your own terms on your own um, and then if you always wanted to come back to this you can yeah definitely it's, 
I'm having surgery on September 1st and I'm going to be out of hiking commission and walking commission and all kinds of things um, for a while. So Sage is going to be helping me recover for a couple months. And, you know, so she's going to be busy with that and her own schoolwork. And then you have, it's not hiking, but it's still walking and getting out into nature. You have a, a project you're doing for your Girl Scout Gold Award. Do you want to explain it? So I'm creating mental health-themed geocatches um, for my Congressional Gold Award project. I'm creating um, these little... I have these, li- I have these little boxes, and I'm creating little items made out of clay that I'm putting in there for people to take. Um, I also have this little sheet with, you know, quotes and inspirational phrases and things like that. Um, yeah, so I'm putting around six out there. Um, you know, in the White Mountains and maybe around where I live, and maybe more later. So that'll be really fun. Um, yeah, and that's, I'm putting them, you know, on hiking trails and also in community spaces. So that'll be a way for me to, you know, get outside and be still kind of doing little hikes, um, just kind of switching what I'm doing from White Mountain hiking to geocaching. So that'll be really fun. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm not sure what we're doing in college yet, but I'm sure I'll go on some hikes and do outdoorsy stuff. So that'll be fun. So great. You guys have a nice collection of interviews. Definitely. uh, You guys should um, be proud of yourselves for doing it, just to do it, you know. Yeah. And thank you for all of you for tuning in. And um, I hope that um, you've enjoyed this podcast and you can get something out of it. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of interviews in the past for people to listen to um i think this this was a good idea for a final episode um just talking among us the preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike we strongly encourage you to donate to union of concerned scientists or ucs it is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change you can learn more about ucs and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org